There's another person, a representative from Detroit, named Karen Whitsett. She heard the same briefings, and she, she got sick. She got very, very sick. On March 12th, she started feeling symptoms. March 18th, she was so sick that, you know, she was in the hospital, lungs filling up with fluid. They diagnosed her with COVID-19, and she, her own words, she felt like she was going to die. She felt like things were, that it was over. But then she heard about that same drug, hydroxychloroquine. So she asked her husband and the doctor, get a prescription, send the, the husband out to try to find that drug. And my understanding is, is that at the same time, in that state, there was an order that you couldn't sell that drug. So the husband had to go through several hoops to get his hands on the drugs, and he got his hand on the drug, gave it to the wife, and she felt better. And her words, she credits the drug with saving her life. Now, please do not take anything that we're going to say this morning as an endorsement of any drug or anyone or anything like that. This is not a medical broadcast. This is a spiritual broadcast. But understand this. Two people heard the same information. And one went the easy way and just focused on what was on the label, but not the substance of what, of what was in there. And the other one went through the hardship and the hoops that it takes, but to get her hands on the right medicine, on the right substance. And unfortunately, a lot of people, we focus on religion, which is a label, but it doesn't have the substance. Religion cannot save you. Only a relationship to God with, through Christ can save you. Last week, last week was Easter or Passover, and, and, and during those times, the churches are filled. But why are the churches filled during the holidays, but not during the normal days? It's because a lot of times we focus on labels, on religion, doing our religious duty, as opposed of to building our relationship with Christ. And a lot of people are content with the label, but they don't have the substance. But I want to tell you this morning, the label, the religious label, is not enough to save you. You need the substance. So please open your Bibles with me in Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, verse 1 to verse 12. And it reads like this. The priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers the elders and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, 
If we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how it has how he he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected and has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. God's word is already blessed. So on the leading to the story, it's a famous story that most people know of Peter and John walking to the temple. And while they're on their way to the temple at a gate called the beautiful, there is a man and the man is lame. And for the young people, lame doesn't mean boring. It means that he could not walk. And back in those days, when you could not walk, you could not work. When you could not work, you had no money. So standing at the gate, that was their equivalent of unemployment. That's the only way they they could get money. They would stand there and pretty much beg for money. So that day, that man is there, and he's begging for money. And he sees Peter and John coming, and he's asking them for money. But then in the text, Peter tells him, look at us. So I don't know if he wasn't looking or maybe he was just his hand was out. But Peter was looking at him and says, look at us. And Peter said, I have no silver nor gold. But what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Get up and walk. And he took him by the hand and lifted him up. And he, he felt his strength in his body. And now he started walking and jumping and praising God. And a lot of people with, with this COVID-19 crisis, we're in a situation where we feel, whether it's financially or emotionally, or emotionally, we're like that beggar at the gate where we need a solution, where we need a hand, where we don't know where the help is going to come from. You know, especially if you're working from home you, or if you're just at home, you can lose track of the days. But this past week was the day that they were sending the stimulus out. So now I guarantee you everybody knew which day of the week it was. If it's coming on Wednesday, you know it's Wednesday. And every eyes are fixed on Chase. Every eyes are fixed on Wells Fargo or Bank of America. All our eyes were fixed on the bank account. But I want to tell you this morning that there's something that is more than money. And if you want to chase something, chase what really matters, which is Jesus Christ. And if you put Christ in your life with Christ, you will go far. You Money can only take you so far, but Jesus Christ can take you all the way. And you see, sometimes when we're asked, like, okay, you Christians, you think that Jesus is the only way. You guys think you're better than everybody else. You think that, oh, because you have Christ. And and the reality of it is we don't think that we're better than anybody else. Actually, in a lot of ways, Christians are worse than everybody else. Some people pray five times a day. Most Christians don't pray five times a week. We're not better than anybody else. But you have to understand, all of us, we have a problem. And the problem is sin. And the problem of sin is an eternal problem. And so for an eternal problem, you need an eternal solution. And and, and the temporary solution cannot 
cannot fix that problem. Let me give you an example. If you have a doctor, right? And right now we talk about the doctors and the first responders and everything. Let's say you have a doctor and he's putting his life on the line every day. Every day. And he saves a hundred people every day. But at the end of the day, to relieve some tension, he goes home and he kills two people. He saved a hundred, but he only killed two. Should that doctor be allowed to go free? Should that doctor be allowed to go resume his life-saving work if he only killed two people? I mean, it's a net 98 save. Or let's say that same doctor goes home and when he gets in the parking lot of the hospital, his car doesn't work. And he says, okay, you know what? Let me break into that car. And he steals a car because he's tired and he has to go home to, so he can come back and save more lives. Is he, is he going to be off the hook for the car that he stole? The answer is no, especially if it's your car, you're, you're going to want retribution, especially if it's your loved one, you're going to want retribution. So our good deeds do not outweigh or do not absolve our bad deeds. Whatever we could do good, our high stack high that we can stack our good deeds, they will not solve the problem. And everyone, every single one of us has committed at least one sin. And, and, and the solution is an eternal solution. That's why Abraham, though he could give us circumcision, he could not give us salvation. And though Moses could give us the law, he wrote the law, beautiful law, but he was unable himself to fulfill that law. And though David in Psalm 51 taught us how to repent from our sins, David could not carry our sins. The only one who could do that is Jesus Christ. The only one that can carry our sins is Christ because he's the only one that fulfilled the law. He's the only one that lived from birth to death and he fulfilled the law. And so since we all have sins and our, the consequence of our sins is eternal, we all need an eternal savior. You need the right medicine for the right disease. You need the right antidote for the right poison. They have a new therapy that they're exploring in that COVID-19, right? And it's called plasma therapy. And in that therapy is what they're trying to do is take the blood of somebody that was already infected by the disease and then get the antibodies that would have been built and then use those antibodies and take them from the blood and put them into somebody else and then they would heal that other person. And, and, and so in that therapy, the power is in the blood. The power is in the blood. And it's the same for sin where the power to save us from our sin is in the blood of Jesus. Look at what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 22 to 24. And it goes, it goes like this. He says, he committed no sins and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and be alive to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. He took on him the, the, the punishment that gave us 
peace. He took, so in his blood now, because of his blood, we can have peace. You see, when Jesus was on the cross, all the sins, all sins that were committed in the past, all the sins that were committed in his present time, and all the sins that would be committed in the future, all were on him at that point. So he got all the disease of sin on him at that point. All the adulteries, all the murders, all the, 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 the lust and the laziness, and all, the, all of those different sins that we see day in, day out, of all mankind, of all time came on him at that point, at that moment in time. That's why under all that pressure, he cried out, Eli, Eli, la masa bactaniza, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because at that moment, he's all the sin of the earth being on him. The Father God had to turn his eye from his own son because he took all the sins on him. But Jesus is the only one that got sin on himself, but then recuperated in so to speak and healed and so while he was dead death was trying to hold on to him it said oh there is a newcomer and death is trying to hold on to him but because he was righteous because in his life he committed no sin because death couldn't find any foothold in him he was not death was not able to hold him so he rose from the dead and he rose from the dead and because he rose from the dead we have salvation in him. Look at what it says in 1st John. 1st John 1st verse 7 to verse 9. And it goes like this. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and purify us from all unrighteousness. You see, there's a difference between the religious person, the religious person, verse 8, think that they have no sin. They think that because you come to your religious services, whatever they may be, whatever denominations they may be at, here it's a Baptist church. If you come to your Baptist service and you think that your Baptist service is going to serve, help you, good luck. If you go to your Pentecostal or whatever the denomination is, whatever the religion is, if you come and you think that because you do those good deeds, you're going to be okay, all I have to tell you is good luck. But if you come to God and you confess your sins to God, the blood of Jesus will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And you might say, well, Dave, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I did in my past. You don't know what I did to this girl. You don't know what I did to this guy. You don't know what I did to my wife and my husband. And here I tell you, it doesn't matter. Because you see the passage says, it's not that it's going to purify us of some unrighteousness. It's not that it's going to purify us of most unrighteousness. It says it will purify us of all unrighteousness. There is no sin that the blood of Jesus cannot heal. That the blood of Jesus cannot forgive. Because there is power in the blood. There is power in the blood of Jesus. Whatever sin is, is burdening you, whatever problem is burdening you, whatever is, is messing up with your mind, bring it to Christ. And there is power in the blood of Jesus to heal you from that sin, to heal you from that trouble, to heal you from whatever burden is in your heart. You bring it to Christ. 
And the blood of Jesus, there is power in the blood. Because Christ is eternal. And so whatever temporary situation that you have, you know that he is strong enough to carry that situation. To carry you to the other side. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the blood of Jesus. And and for those of you who know Christ and you gave your life to Christ, I want to tell you this morning that there is power still to come. There is power still to come. The best is not behind you, it's before you. Look at what it says in Romans. Romans chapter 8. One of the most beautiful chapters in the Bible. Romans chapter 8. And we're going to read verse 10, 11, and then we're going to jump to verse 31 and 32. It says, But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. You see, as as, as, as a Christian, if you gave your life to Christ, and if you haven't done so, I'm inviting you this morning to do so from wherever you are. To give your life to Christ is very simple. You just say yes. You just say yes to Jesus. You just say yes to Jesus. I can have all the different medicine in the world. I can have all the different medicine. But if you don't come and say, yes, I want that medicine, it will not be of any avail to you. All Jesus wants is for you to say, yes, I I messed up, God. I messed up. And yes, I want you to carry my sins. But if you carry, if you give your life to Christ, what he will do, he comes and lives inside of you with his spirit. Whoever belongs to Christ has the spirit of Christ. And he says, If you have the spirit of Christ, yes, the situation on this world, your physical body might, might, might go through trouble. Your physical body, your physical situation might go through trouble. But the one who, who, the spirit that raised Jesus from the Christ can also raise you up from that situation that you're in. That spirit that brought Jesus back from the dead after three days can bring you back away, back from bankruptcy after three years. Whatever situation that you're going through, the spirit of Christ that lives in you can carry you through and and, and I love God in the sense if you look in the Bible God has a name for every situation God has a name in every for every situation for if you're sick he's Jehovah Rapha the God who heals if you're broken and you're going through a situation he's Jehovah Jireh the God who provides if some people are coming after you and trying to put you down he's Jehovah Tiskenu or righteousness don't try to put me down when Christ has brought me up There is power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the blood of Jesus. And there's power still to come. And that's why we can say with Romans, Romans, if we go to verse 31, verse 32, it says, Romans 8, it says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things. Now, understand this. I believe if nobody believed in Christ, 
If everybody said, no, nah, we don't want to do with Christ. And I was the only one. I believe he would still do it the same. If you were the only one that believed in Christ, he would still go and die on the cross for your sin. He would still endure the insults, endure the, 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 the whip and the spitting in the face and all of that stuff that he had to endure. He would still endure it just for you. And so if God gave you his son, how much more will he not give you everything else with the son? So he he gave you the son that was what heaven's most precious possession was the son, is the son of God. It's the most precious thing that heaven has. God, you know, as more, as powerful as they are, he didn't send Gabriel. He sent Gabriel to announce him. He didn't send Michael. Yes, Michael can fight the battles. But he sent the Son of God to die for your sin. What heaven had the most precious, he sent it down on earth to save what earth has had the least of. God came to save the least of us. So if he gave us his Son, how much more with his Son will he not give us everything else? And you see, the man at the gate the beautiful, the gate was called, and he had an ugly problem. He was waiting for money, but he got much more than money. He was waiting, he, and he was lame, paralyzed for all his life. That's all he's ever known, was that paralysis. And, 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 and so the, the, that's the best thing that he could hope for was some money, and a good day is when somebody gives him a lot of money. But that day, he got more than what he wanted, than he expected. But he had to look at the apostles. And the apostles, their eyes were fixed on Christ. It says because Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. And so this morning, where is your attention? Where are your eyes fixed? And I don't know what you're going through this morning. But I I can tell you that Jesus can give you even more than what you expect. You might be in a situation where you want money. And it's funny because I look at the briefings and, and one of the, the, the secretary, this guy, he's like, our goal with, 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 with the stimulus is to give people money so to make them whole. To make them whole. And I'm listening to this and said, that's a good try, but you cannot make people whole. You cannot make people whole. And and if somebody lost their job, the stimulus money is going to help, but it's not going to make you whole. But guess what? The only person that can make you whole is Jesus Christ. Only Jesus can take the pieces of a broken life, put them into his workshop, and make a masterpiece out of it. Only Jesus can take the broken pieces of your life, Trust him in his workshop. A workshop is where there's, there's hits and there's this and there's fire and there's all sorts of different things that at the moment hurt, but on the other side, you come out as gold. You know, no children, when they go to the doctor, nobody wants to go to the doctors. Nobody, no, no child wants to go get a vaccine because it stings. But guess what? After the sting is over, you get immunity for what's coming after. So as we're going through this crisis, and, and I know things could get hard and things could get conflated, and 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 some of you you say, some of you say, you know what? Yes, we have COVID nineteen, but if it was only COVID nineteen, I'd be okay. But some people they got COVID and cancer. Some people got COVID and then conflict, 
and in COVID and credit problems. But whatever your problem is, is COVID, cancer, credit, Christ is your solution. Bring it to Christ this morning. Just lift it up to him and trust him as you go through his workshop. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the blood of Jesus. And there's power to come in the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you, God, because we're not... We're not worthy of anything that you do for us, but we know because you sent us your son, Jesus Christ, that you promised, God, to to give us anything with it, God. And I'm not talking about money, but I'm talking about your presence, God. And I pray, God, this morning that you feel the lives and the hearts of, of the people hearing us this morning and in our own hearts, that you fill them with your presence, that you fill them with your love, that we understand that life is more than money. Life is more than this crisis. Life is more than, 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 than whatever situation situation that we're going through and that you will see us through because we are in your hands and that you gave us your son Jesus Christ and you rose him from the dead and you will rise us again when when the time is right and God we just want to take this time to praise you and glorify you because you're the one true living God and we pray for this not because we're worthy not because we have any merit but because of your son Jesus Christ now may the blessing of God our father the love of Jesus Christ our savior and the blessing of the Holy Spirit be amongst us for now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen.